BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Today is the day you will lose fat. Come see Dr. T at NJ Diet. Easiest diet I've ever done. It's changed my life. Come see Dr. T. Using blood work and DNA testing. 1-855-5-NJ-DIET and njdiet.com. Change your life in only 40 days with NJ Diet. He's a legend of hip hop. He's one of my one of the founding members of Run DMC. He's Dow DMC McDaniels, and I welcome him back to the library with Tim Manico. Glad to be back in the library. Cool, man. Thank you for doing this again. Thank no you. No problem. This is cool, man. Yeah, like yeah. No, new setup, new Big everything. things, big things. <laughs> uh, so this first, you just got back from London. Yes. Performed with Run DMC. Yeah, me and Run. What and was, Slick Rick and was Slick the opener. Rick. What was, what's that like? What's that show like? I mean, it's, it's the typical Run DMC show, but it's different. It's not a Run DMC show. It's more like, yo, I saw Paul McCartney and Ringo get up on stage at that festival. You know, like when you see <laughs> yeah. the Beatles get together or you see two members of a group that was a band. Right. You know, yo, I went to this event and Run and D or Paul and them was just, it's kind of like that. Because Run DMC is Run DMC and Jam Master J. Right, of course. So you're seeing Reverend Run and King DMC do those songs that they did when they was in the band Run DMC. Right. But it's not a Run DMC show. Because it, it lacks that um it lacks that um personal thing that Run DMC and Jam Master J had. And it seems like <clears throat> when you look at older albums, like when you look at I mean all Run DMC albums, when mm-hmm. you look at um you know, Eric B. and Rakim. Eric B. and Rakim. And more. There's always... Tropical Quest. Tri- but there's always a DJ element to it in terms right. of like, you know, there's not just like, it's not just SoundCloud, someone playing a beat. Right, right, like, right, right, right. There's a track that would just be dedicated to the DJ. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, Jay's what, game was out. Yeah, I mean, so what... And Jay scratched live on every record. And I never got to see you guys perform live. Really? Uh, uh, unfortunately. Wow. Uh, so what is that... What was that show with... Well, the DJ's the foundation of everything. Like right now, if you go to a, if you're paying money to go see a so-called hip hop act, a performer, or a group, or whatever, and there's no DJ, and I'm not talking about a guy pushing buttons right. or a guy using CDRs, it's not hip hop. Now they may be rapping and they may be performing their songs. 
But it ain't hip hop if there ain't a DJ back there using vinyl like Charlie Chase did for the Cold Crush. Or like Jazzy J did for the Jazzy 5 MCs. Or like Red Alert did for um, Soul Sonic Force. Or like Grandmaster Flash did before the Furious 5. Before we started making these records and going entertainment. It's not hip-hop. See, hip-hop has now become what um, commercialized entertainment specializes in. Like, I never thought hip-hop would have this. Nothing against her. There's acts. Yeah. And there's artists. Right. So, perfect example is none against her, Britney Spears. She needs somebody to write for her. She needs somebody to choreograph her. She needs somebody to dress her. She needs backup. She needs smoke and mirrors and lights. Cheryl Crow, though, give her, don't even give Cheryl Crow a band. Give her an acoustic guitar and a microphone in the audience. That's what hip hop used to be. Just give me the mic. Mm hmm. All the DJ needed was the vinyl. You know, we're going, we're going to steal music from all of the iconic people that made it before us, the rock stars and the folk stars and George Clinton and James Brown. But we're going to create a work of art with it. So, you know, the whole aspect of the DJ being not pushed to the back, excluded, has destroyed the authentic sincere representation of what the complete hip hop music experience should be now that being said anything that is commercially anything that is culturally relevant to a community or a society or a group of people will become diluted polluted and destroyed once it's commercialized. Right. So for us, there's no show without Jam Master J on it. Mm -hmm. The profile records once told us when CDs, remember when CDs first came out? Yeah. And the record company saw all this money that they was going to make because they're going to re-release all of the music before CDs on C. They made a shitload, excuse my language. They made a bunch of money when they re-released CDs. So vinyl... Wasn't important to us. Our record label told me, Running Jay, we're not pressing any vinyl no more. You know what? We told them we quit. So they laugh. Ha ha, yeah, y'all need us more than we need you. A week goes by, two weeks go by, not a peep out of Running D and Jay. Three weeks said, okay, guys, we'll press a vinyl. <laughs> See, it's up, to the, it's up to the culture, the people, not to say, not to discriminate and not to censor anybody and not to take away anybody's freedom of speech but it's up to us to direct and keep um d dominant and prominent those little things that make this thing exist in the way that it does now in the first place because without those things everything fails mm -hmm. so for us for me i would i can never do anything Without a DJ. Because that's what hip-hop is. And it started with the DJ. It started with the music. It started with the DJ being the foundation for me to walk upon. What the writing process mm -hmm. for you, how, how mm -hmm. important was Jay to be there 
while it was happening. Well, I didn't need Jay to write. No, That's not right, not right. But I'm oh, you mean just, doing just, the just, records, putting just, the just records in terms of putting the records together? Oh, it was important for Jay because the. the, the He's the um, orchestrator, you know, the yeah. guy that's leading the heat. The, the DJ is that. Like, to, to sum it up to you, the DJ is back to He sees everything. So he's in control of the whole vibe of the, the room. But also, he can relate stuff to me and run. Yo, we're not going to do um, the original version of it's like that. We got to do the, the, the Jason Evans remix. Or... Uh, Yo, we're not gonna do. We're not gonna do. Um, we're not gonna do walk this way tonight. <laughs> right now, we're gonna we're gonna do raising hell. We're gonna do rock box and king of rock because the DJ is the, the the nucleus of the energy. So when it came to the writing process, it was up for me to say, "Yo, I got rhymes." Yeah, but it was up to D- Jay as the DJ. To find the canvas that I could paint on, mm. if I had to describe it like that. I want to go back to, uh, to the album Tougher Than Leather. Uh, in, on May 17th, 1988, it was released. So we just hit the 30. Well, we just passed the 30th anniversary. 30 years for yeah. Tougher Than Leather? Yes. Wow. wow. <laughs> What's your initial reaction? That's a long time. <laughs> 30 years for Tougher Than Leather? Wow. That's crazy. You know, I forget about Tough Than Leather, though. I forget about the first album, too, because Raising Hell was so right. huge. Well, that was the thing. So when Tough Than Leather was released... Uh, 1988, May, 1988, when was it? May 17th. Wow. Uh, it seems that it wasn't It wasn't looked at. You know, Nobody it, it was, cared. It was, yeah, it wasn't There it was wasn't so... Praised. Come on, Big Daddy Kane and Rakim was killing it. So what... Yeah, so what... So what and Coogee Rap. And you just came off of Raising Hell, which was... Yeah, yeah, incredible yeah. top-selling album. Right. Um, first, what is the what's the when when you have such success from a prior album? Yeah. What is the thinking going into the next album? I mean, are you well, trying me, to top it? Or that's you... a great question. Now, me, I didn't care about none of that. I just wanted to rhyme. I just wanted to keep making records and keep having fun. To answer your question, is this coming off a huge album? Everybody thinks you can do that shit. Can I curse on yourself? Everybody thinks that you can do it again. So now it becomes things that you did naturally and spontaneously, which might make that fourth album even better than the third album. That um, potential is destroyed when they start telling you, you need a hit record. You need to get on MTV. You need to get on the radio. So that became, and that clouds your judgment. Mm-hmm. Because now, you know, we're, we're tougher than love. I talk about this in my book. We got to a point where instead of just being Run DMC, we just made Raising Hell. We made, who, nobody's going to do that. So now, instead of just being Run DMC and Jim Master J, we're trying to be Run DMC right, and Jim Master right. J. So that's where it comes. You know, people can send you samples and, and send you um, demos or check this song out. But it all lies on what's inside of you. It all comes from where am I at this point in my life? Right. Like in my book, I say Run DMC should have did what Cream did. Make three records and oh, Eric Clapton, yo, Ginger B.O. You get to that point where you kind of know, but because of the um, expectations of the industry, you know, somewhere deep down inside, the encouragement that your label and management has given you makes you believe that you can do it again. 
So you go in instead of just doing it. You go in with the intent of doing it again. So and Tough Than Leather came out two years late. And what I mean by that is it came out two years late because we was in um we was in legal right. situation f- against the label. We was withholding the album and there was a whole lot of legal stuff going on financially, this and that. And when Tough Than Leather finally dropped, Kane, yeah. <laughs> and Cool G Rock was totally destroying everything. So that that was a that was a great period of frustration for me because I'm sitting there with rhymes and lyrics and ideas that would make God leave heaven and say, D, you take the keys, you can run this. But because of what we was going on through legally with the label and because of, you know, running Jay's perception of we need to do this instead of just doing it, Tough and Leather came out late. And then we did the movie. Right. Then right. Now, <laughs> coming off a successful year is crazy because not only did we have a successful um, album with Razor Hell, we had just did Crush Groove. Right. Which was a... Um, um, Michael Schultz, the guy who directed Car Wash, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to take this new thing and present it in a way that it will uh, it will be everlasting and eternal. We get souped up and call ourselves, we're going to do it ourselves, and Rick's going to direct it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, maybe Rick could have directed, but we should have had another director who knows how to make movies in right, right, to, to be the real director. So, the Tough and Leather period was crazy because um, the record came out and it didn't do as well as Raising Hell. And I didn't care about that. I didn't expect it to do better than Raising Hell. But because of those, we're the mighty juggernaut called Run DMC. If, if Tough and Leather didn't do good as um, Raising Hell, so we, now we considered failures. I didn't consider it as failure because even at the Tough and Leather time, nobody new, up and coming, could touch us. Right. When it came to getting on that stage, that's the only thing that held us. You know, that, that that's the only thing that kept kept us um, um, relevant. Nobody cared about the album or the music or what the hell we was doing, but we were still respected. Yo, the OG's pioneers because of you. And the two songs on that album that saved us was Run's House and um, Beast of the Rhyme. Right. On the, 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 Beast of the Rhyme... Run's house saved us because it was like it was the it was the '86 Raising Hell Run DMC, but we still wasn't advanced as 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 we still wasn't as advanced as Kane, Coogee Rap, and Rakim. But the, the the Run's house record had that Run DMC untouchable energy, like. Kane and them could have been from the future, and we could have been from 1968, but what Run's, Run's House represented, sound, feel, delivery, and presence, and ego could make everybody bow still. But they didn't care about that because we had did it already. But they res- they respected us for Run's House. And when Run said, whose house? They're going to say Run's House. But it wasn't his fucking castle anymore. So Beast of the Rhyme came out. Nobody really paid attention to it except... As we were speaking earlier, the DJs. Right. Oh, all the D, Pete Rock, all y'all, all the D, Scratch, yo, this is bananas. But see, the critics and the current um, commercial atmosphere, they're not checking for how dynamic and real hip-hop Beast of the Rhyme was. So it took Beast of the Rhyme like a whole nother year before people started giving respect to it. We when we first had a when we first had an interview, uh, you talked about 
just uh, evolution of hip hop and evolution yeah. of hip hop lyrically, uh, and how Run DMC, you know, if someone, I think you were saying, if mm. if if artists are doing color red, color red, color red, Run and DMC is doing color blue. Right, uh, exactly. I have to quote. Uh, and when journalists talk about tougher than leather, they talk about uh, a couple of things. They say that it's a little more sample based uh, production and lyrically it's a little more complex and the flow is different. So at that time of writing the out for the album, well, tough and leather, was right. that your thinking going in? I mean, nah, I, no, no, that was running them thinking. Cause if you, if you look at, see, it's funny. If you look at runs career, he evolved to whatever, you know what I'm saying? When it was trying to be like treaching him, he's going to be like treaching him. Right. You know what I'm saying? My thing was, without having to change my, um, without having to change my flow, I would always fit in. I just changed my attitude. Right. You know, if you, if you, if you, after Raising Hell, Tougher Than Leather, Back From Hell, yeah, those were our last two recorded now, but when you look at Tough and Leather and Back From Hell, and you look at what Run was doing vocally and lyrically, he was slipping and ripping and ripping in if that was he was doing it. My thing, my thing was to okay, you the new dudes doing that. I'm a I'ma go backwards. I'm gonna go I would say my thing was if I'm coming out seventy nine in eighty four that shit is new because it's not had never been done. Right. Like the greatest period of hip hop is a period the period of hip hop before rappers delight. It was very lyrical. Kaz was lyrical as a mother. Yeah. Mel was lyrical. I got a tape with Melly Mel rhyming. A Melly Mel, y'all. Not broken glass. You know, Mel yeah. is known for Peach Street. Melly Mel in 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 Scorpio before Scorpio was Scorpio when he was Mr. Ness. Melly Mel was rhyming with an echo chamber over Aerosmith's Walk This Way. With an echo, a Melly Mel, y'all, y'all rock well, y'all, y'all from the top of the world to the depths of hell. A Mel like that, not the Mel we know. Right, right. The great Kumo D, can you find an MC better than me? Mo D, can you find an MC better than me? No, can you find an MC who can say he's better than Special K? No, can you find an MC who can rhyme up against L.A. Sunshine? No, you can't, you can't. And these your sort, you got to come with. See, I'm, I'm, I'm going back to. Oh, these dudes is going 88 and 89. I'm going to go back to 78. Because nobody lyrically was doing what, what Soul Sonic and, and them was doing. You listen to Soul Sonic for Planet Rock's a perfect example. Planet Rock is better than 99% of all of hip-hop music in the last 10 years. Soul Sonic Force, Mr. Biggs, Pow Wow, and MC Globy. Look at that flow right there. Man. How you going to call that dated? Old school wasn't the time period. So for me, when we was doing Tuffin' and Leather, what my establishment and conglomerate was doing, they was trying to be relevant. Mm-hmm. Instead of just going in there, when we put out our first album, we were just trying to be creative. We were just trying to fit in with Mel and Mo. We were trying to Furious Five, Cold Crush, Treacherous Three. So we trying to fit in with them. You know what I'm saying? We want to fit in so bad that, okay, everybody's doing, and, and this is what made Run DMC win. Everybody's rapping over James Brown. Everybody's rapping over disco. Everybody's rapping over funk. Everybody's rapping over jazz. Yo, let's just make a record that's just beat me and Run Ramen. So we did Sucker MCs. Changed the game. 
when it's time to make an album. Everybody's rapping over jazz and James Brown, Parliament Funkadelic. Yo, let's do a rock song. See, it was all, it was all um, sincere. It wasn't like we're going to do rock rap. See, Walk This Way isn't the first rock rap record. The first rock rap record is Rock Box, which was the first rap video on MTV. Why? Because it was so unique. But it wasn't like we're going to sit down and we're going to create rock rap and watch what happens. I was just like, yo, nobody's – because I love love Billy Squire's Big Beat. I loved um, We Will Rock You by Queen. And I loved – I didn't even know it was called Walk This Way. The album with the toys on it, Jay, and play number four. I just love, then when I get talking, and then, and then, then. There was something about rock that was harder than R&B and funk. So at every level, Run DMC, we did the, 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 the simple, I mean, people always say simple is always better. It's the simple yeah. things that change the world, not the complex. So like you were saying, Run and Jay was getting very complex. Why? Because Premiere. Pete Rock, Dre, um, 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 KG, um, 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 Q-Tip and Ali Shaheed. These dudes were sample, like, these dudes were wizard when it came to sample. So, running J, to, to be relevant, to compete, to get on a charge, to get on the radio, we got to do what everybody else doing. When I energy came from doing the complete opposite of what everybody was doing. And still getting on the charts. And still, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So Tougher Than Leather was one of those things where, you know, I call it Michael Jackson syndrome. I would have sat Michael Jackson down and I said, yo, Michael, let me tell you something. You sold 40 million Thriller albums. Shut the hell up. You'll probably never do that again. Tommy Mottola ain't the devil and there's no conspiracy. Just get out there on the road and be Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's all like, yeah, man, you you, you sold 40 million. You'll probably never do that again. I will never, ever probably do Raising Hell again. You think I care? Because I did it already. So now just get out there and do what you do. That success of that proves that you and your own, you can do that for life. You know what I'm saying? But it comes a thing where when you start competing against everybody else, you destroy yourself. Mm. So... I mean, what was that? Was there a discussion between you three when that was happening? When you were like, we should do, you, we, you guys want to do A, but we should really do B. No, nah, what had happened with Tougher the Level was this we finished Raising Hell, and then Jay comes and says, yo, Davey DMX is going to work with me. Right. And then Jay had these other producers that he was around, yo, they got beats for us. So we respecting Jay, cool, let's do it. So, I mean, <laughs> Outside of beats in the rhyme, uh, outside of beats to the rhyme in um, Run's house, I artistically I wasn't present on those other records. Mm-hmm. Missy Lane and all right. of the like, racked. Like the people always say, "D, what records was you not? What records are, are you not a hundred percent in on?" Or did you? I start naming it. Go, oh, yeah, that's right. What I felt, the world felt, because the world was expecting, okay, you expected Run's House and the Beast to rhyme from us, but you expect that Run, like, perfect example is the Beastie Boys. They was able to evolve, but they was able to be evolved as Beastie Boys. Like, when everything had changed out of nowhere, they dropped intergalactic planetary, <laughs> but they were still the Beasties on it. Don't do, the, the sonically it changed, 
but they still want obesity. We were trying to change our whole molecular DNA thing. So for come, coming into the album was this. Dave and Jay came up with this track. Um, Dave and Jay, so it was one of those things. You know what I'm saying? Um, Run's House was really... Uh, Run's House won because it was like, yo, because Run would come out and start the show. Whose house? After he gave his little speech and we go on the show. So Run was like, yo, I want to make that a record. Let's, let's make that the hook. So that was easy. So, you know, at first I was going to come into Run's house and talk about, I'm in Run's room. This and that, this and that. But then I said, nah, okay, it's Run's fucking house. But, y'all, I'm coming to fucking make tear shit down. I'm, I'm coming. I'm in the house, y'all. And this is how DMC turned in. I'm trying to separate myself from Run's house. So it worked. Because Run was Run. And you know, he's, he's the man. He wants to be seen. And my shit is, I'm just getting in and wrecking shit. And I'm going back home. Right. So those two records worked. But the whole, the whole um, thing was, okay, we're working with Davey DMX now. What you excited about that? Yeah, of course. But it's more of now um, Jay is trying to fit me and run into this new thing instead of it should have been let's see where these guys is at and then let's make the music to that. So now they was already knew what they was doing. So I'm just coming in dropping my lyrics or now I'm coming in. I'm coming in with a hundred other ideas and then they're showing me Missy Lane and I got to push all my stuff to the side and write right. to what they're doing. And that's, that's, that was the writing process with um, Tough and Leather, which was different. The first three albums, we just came in, turned the beats on and Run did Run, I did me and then Jay put it all together. Now it's like, this is what we're doing, guys. So this is what the... You know, what I wrote that I want to I'm, I'm come and subliminally, because I love him too much, come at Kane, Rakim, and Coogee rap all at once without them knowing, because I love them and I smile in their faces, but they're killing me. So I'm, I'm coming with stuff like that and running Jay and saying, nah, dude, we don't need to do that. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I'm pushing that to the side and going with the flow. So, of course, it's, it's not going to have that oomph that it, the, of the first three albums had. My thing was, come turn the beat on. I wasn't even supposed to be on Circumcise. That's why Run, Run had the record itself called Circumcise. But then Run saw, man, it's goddamn C. Yo, D, just go in there and put a rhyme. So I was like, I don't know what to do. He said, don't worry about it. Run was like, don't worry about my song, Circumcise. Just say your newest rhyme. And at the time, was my newest rhyme was a rhyme I wrote because I just got accepted at St. John's University. And he said, put that one down. I put that one down. It becomes one of the most classic lyrics in hip-hop ever. Mm -hmm. So Toughen and Leather, we wasn't doing it. Toughen and Leather now, this is what's going on now. This is what me and Dave came up with. So here's what we want you to do instead of, what do you, Dave, here you go. What do you want to do to this? Um, <clears throat> just going back, talking about uh, like Premier as a sound, P-Rock as a sound. Yeah. Um, and that's what Q-tip, Q-tip has a sound. Naughty, all those dudes. Going, going to Raising Hell to, for a minute. Yeah. Uh, you once said that there would be no Raising Hell without Larry Smith. Right. Because uh, Larry Smith was not tied to a sound. At all. What? So today you have MCs that... I think if Larry would have produced Tougher Than Leather... It would have been... To the moon. Yeah. What it, how do you... Peak. As an MC, mm -hmm. working with a producer that doesn't have a sound, how do you prepare for that? You don't. That's the beauty of it. You don't. You don't. You go in and you, you, you're like, I want to make big beat. Okay, here's what we're going to do. 
He put the machine in front of me. See, that's a real – he put the machine in. This is the kick. Boom. This is the snare. Make the beat. So I did boom, Ben, boom, boom, Ben, boom, boom. Ben, the click is going. Yeah. The DMX drum machine. Boom, Ben, boom, boom, Ben, stop. Boom, kept going. Boom, boom. Cool, dude, you did the beat. I'm like, oh, shit, I did the beat. Because <laughs> now it's fun if you don't know what's going to happen. So Larry Smith was a bass player. The beats, my beats playing. I want to make Billy Suarez big beat, but he's like, don't sample it. Make a beat like Big Beat. Big Beat is boom, 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 boom. So I did boom, 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 boom. I just wanted that same feel. And then Larry picks up the bass and starts going, do, 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 do. Oh, imagine how that sounds. The drum, kick, snare, and a boo, doo. It's me, And then being the music, he's in a band. Keyboards was popular. So he's like, give me that thing over there. The core go, the morgue or whatever. Ding, ding, ding-a-ling, ding, ding, ding-a-ling, ding. He puts that in. So originally Rockbox, the guitars were supposed to come in and out every eight bars. Right. Because a hip-hop, you know, the D, the hip-hop DJ plays the beat when the guitars get ready to overwhelm the song. Fuga, fuga, back to the beginning. For some reason, Russell Larry left the guitars all the way through the record, which was brilliant because it created Rockbox. So it was just all spontaneous. It was like... um. You know, we're going to do a DJ Scratch Jays game. Okay. That's the producer. Because the producers are um, excited with the best production is the producer. I want to know what's in your head, Tim. I'm a big Willie producer. I got, sh- I got beats and sound for day. I want to see what's in. So now I'm having fun working. What else you got in that head of yours? <laughs> now I'm producing what's meant to be produced. I'm not going to lay out the blueprint. And it's funny that, you know, when you look at Larry Smith, he produced Suckham, Siege, Rockbox, King and Rock. It's like that Jay's game and Jam Ass. Kick off your shoes, jump on the jogger. None of his records sound alike. Then he left Run DMC. And this is why I say if Larry would have produced Tougher Than Leather, he left Run DMC while Rick was doing us raising hell. He's over there producing Houdini's groundbreaking album. With Freaks Come Out at Night, Five Minutes of Funks and Friends all on the same album. You know the freaks come out yeah. and they hear that's a beautiful doom do disco. Oh. Yeah. Ah, so Larry was the it was it was um fertile ground. You know, Star Trek, let's go where no man has gone before. So my thing was, I don't know what's gonna happen ten years from now, but I know if I go back to that thing that I heard in seventy four on that Bambada tape and did it now, it's gonna be relevant in right. twenty sixteen. So that was my thing, you know. I uh, like old school is in a time period, but also old school is this. When I tell my friends I listen to classic rock, they go, "D, how come you listen to that old music?" Oh, wait. The only thing that's old to me and you for you making a statement is we all heard "Let It Be." <laughs> Mother Mary, peaking words of wisdom, letting me. But the other Beatle records on the album I never heard, it's mm-hmm. not old to me because it's my first time hearing it. So for me doing something from 79 in 2018 that the world never heard, that's new. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? So by being able to be, by being able to be, um, I don't know if there's a word to describe using the old techniques. And putting it in front of people 
that don't know that it's old techniques? Is it really old? And so I think that's what worked for Run DMC, just from the thing of we just want to be known as the best MCs and DJs you'll ever seen, which allowed us to make all these groundbreaking records. It wasn't, we want to be the best recording artist. We want to be the best soup. We want to be on MTV. We just want to be the best at what we was doing in the park when we was 12. So I'm 53 years old now. I get in front of the young dudes and do my so-called old school thing. And you know what the young kids say to me? Yo, old head, you put it down way better than the youngins. Because I'm doing runs. I'm in the house, y'all. I'm in, y'all can mumble rap. I have nothing against y'all. I never critique another person's creativity. But when, when stuff gets complicated to me, I go back to my room. Okay, what was I listening to in 78 that Eminem didn't do or can't do? I can't rhyme like Eminem, but could he do what I – I shut an interview down. And Eminem's great and Jay-Z's great. Yeah, but did any of them do what me and Running did? That's hip-hop. Collectively – we make hip-hop great. There's not, there can't be the greatest of all. Like, even with music, who really is the greatest drummer ever? Yeah. You know, John Bonham. Um, what's the guy from Rush? You know, but you forget about how dope Ginger Baker was. I think Ginger Baker is the, deafest, the most incredible drummer ever because I saw his documentary, and he's really a genius. Crazy, but he's a genius. But that was the thing with Run DMC, and that was the thing with the whole um, perception of... You know, I like when people say I'm over. Or DMC, you over. That means I did something, though. What did you do? All the people who ever said I was over, what did they do in their life that can even come close to me? That's the only time I'll get egotistical. What do you think changed in terms of uh, you You came at a time where it was about straight rhyming, right. it's about there's artistic, you were doing, you weren't Fame. following the formula. Fame. But now it's about... Fame. Fame, really, I'll do whatever it takes to get money and get famous. Which is nothing wrong with that. More power to you. What do you do? What do you think it does, the fame aspect of it, what do you think it does in terms of helping or hurting the culture of hip hop? Well, when you say culture is a way of life, so it hurts people. It hurts people because what has happened now was fame is just based on popularity. Popularity is just based on um, um, getting notice. So what we have done. What we, have, what, what we have allowed to pollute, dilute, destroy, and blaspheme our hip-hop culture is now ignorance, stupidity, disrespect, illiteracy, and foolishness is being accepted. Because that'll make you a lot of money. Negativity will make it. Ice T told us sex and violence sells, but then Ice T was like, "But y'all proved this positivity stuff can sell too." Wycliffe told me DMC's the only MC that can talk about chicken and collard greens, St. John's University, Christmas, a pair of sneakers, and make it gangster. So now ignorance, a lack of, um, and laziness is accepted. As long as you get that final result of look at me and I got money. We celebrate a lot of people in this entertainment industry that we should be tearing down, not because of jealousy, but because of what they represent. See, the power in hip-hop was the drug dealer not being a drug dealer. The drug dealer making a rap record telling the audience, y'all ain't got to do this little show. Oh, that's, that was respected. Now, they don't even want to say that don't be a drug dealer because that's going to do something to their street credit popularity. So it's destroying the culture. It's destroying the culture. It's, oh, it's good for the record companies. 
You know what I'm saying? But if, and if that's the case of, you know, they always say it's what people want. Okay, people want that. Then if you're going to give out all this negativity, ignorance, and foolishness, and um, disrespect, and um, <clears throat> all of this um, celebrating these material things, and your label just made $400 million off this aspect of hip-hop, then take half of that budget create a $200 million leg of your record your record label, and then if it's not about money, then spend money to just put out the same amount of positive stuff. Right. You, okay, right. it's harder to get people to listen to. It's like that, and parents can understand right now. But it's not that hard if you put money behind it and market it. So there's a, there's a um, Karis one once said, my first priority is to my audience. I care about them first. And then I could come in and do the fun and the sex. And then when he said that, I was like, wow. And when he said that, it resonated with me because that's what Modi taught me. You know, I didn't say, I'm DMC in the place to be. I go to because I was trying to be different and being a nerd and this and that. Modi, they did this record. I think I talked it about you. I talked this with, I talked about this with you last time. Modi, who was the Jay-Z Eminem of our era, along with Kaz and Melly Mel, Modi had did this record called um, Yes We Can Can, right. where they sampled the Pointer Sisters. And, you know, Modi battled Busy B. His lyrics were crazy. Like, everybody, his voice just, Modi, Mel, and Kaz, damn. Like, I wanted to be them. But then Modi on one record said um, on the record Yes We Can Can, after they, you know, they did a record about how the world is, it comes to part in a record where each MC breaks off and they get that solo verse. So you can know, you can fall in love with Sunshine, you can fall in love with Special K, and you can fall in love with Modi. But when it's time to fall in love with Modi, he said, um, Once a nobody from the neighborhood, I took a hop to the top because I knew that I would excel over the rest because I make progress. I don't consider it luck because I'm not blessed. I got my life all together. Love the way that I live. Go to school. Know I'm cool and I think positive because it's a right to have fun, lots of pleasures and joy. But it's a brain that separates the men from the boys. It's all right to have the strip clubs and fun and cars and all that and sip your lean and smoke your joints. But he said it's a bread. That was powerful to me. That was like, yo, this dude from the Bronx, I live in Queens. I go to Catholic school. Every school I went to, my mother and father paid for me to go to school. I got a backyard. I'm safe. You know what I'm saying? Mo's from Harlem. You know, Harlem's beautiful now. Harlem is Harlem now. Man. But back then it was Harlem, hell up in Harlem, you know, Shaft and Superfly. And here's this young man, a couple of years older from me, telling me those things are cool. So it gave me a sense of pride knowing that, okay, I'm this nerdy little kid from Catholic school, but I can be like Mo. Because he just said, even though we're from two different demographics, so that's what's missing from it right now. You know what I'm saying? The most powerful thing that can happen by, by, by a dude who just did a strip club record is to do a record about women who don't go to strip clubs. Like Chuck always says, if hip-hop is so good, what's happening with the fully clothed female rapper talking right. about education and positivity? We don't have a Queen Latifah. You know how powerful dudes get scared when they're, oh, shit, Queen Latifah. You don't have an MC light. Like, MC, they, they wasn't just female MCs. They were dope-ass MCs. We don't have a Bahamadea right now. We don't have a Moni Love. That will outrhyme Tretch Ash. So right now, it's destroying our communities. It's destroying our people. It's destroying the, the. It's destroying everything that allowed all of these 
entertainment record labels to become the powerhouses with our music that we gave them in the first place. And it's all about the artists knowing to do the one responsible. You don't have to, to it's show business. But when it comes to hip hop, there's a different responsibility than every other form of entertainment. And what I mean by that is a couple of years ago, maybe um, during the N.W.A. gangster rap rise, a lot of their excuses was they don't go at Bruce Willis and Arnold Schwarzenegger for making their violent movies. So if you're going to use that excuse, this is hip hop. You can never get on the mic again. You can never be considered hip hop. You can't make no records. You will never be allowed in the studio, but go be an actor. Right. And I ain't trying to stop you. Yeah. But you cannot come into this game saying I'm the drug lord and I'm the killer. If you make a record about a gun, your very next record needs to be about not using the gun. Mm-hmm. And that's not what's happening right now. Scarface and the Ghetto Boys, they, they, they're the perfect example of me, along with Ice Cube, what he did with America's what, what Ice Cube did with America's Most Wanted. They did N.W.A., Fuck the Police and all of that. But then Ice Cube left N.W.A. and went solo and did an album fully explaining the emotions behind yeah. all those situations. You know, I'm jumping in the garbage can. I got a sold up shotgun and a machine gun with me, but I'm really scared and I really don't want to do this. That's honest stuff. All the killers and murderers I speak to, they didn't want to do that. And they go, yo, it didn't save me. I'm doing three life sentences. But just for y'all saying what you said, you say my little brother, he's a lawyer now. Or you say my sister, she's a journalist now, stuff like that. Now it's like um, if you don't say you're a fool, you're not cool. You're not cool. The example I wanted to say was Scarface. Mom playing tricks on me is a beautiful record. Scarface wasn't saying, celebrate me because I'm the drug lord. At night, I can't sleep. Right. Lord, I'm in church. Show me something that has true feelings. Willie D's rhyme. He's so paranoid, he about to shoot the ladies in the car. And when he knew what he was, oh, this is wrong. And that's true. We know it's all wrong. You know what I'm saying? Um, Bushwick Bill. He's so high off the lean, he wasn't beating nobody is beating the ground with his hand to show you the end it was honest so even if you was doing it you're looking yo that's fucked up so hip-hop had a way of showing us what was wrong and we would wake up the next day and do something about it now we're celebrating um negative negativity and things that are wrong because we can make money off it and that's the bottom line it's making money. So, of course, the new generation of kids ain't going to care. They can go make their money. I just want the new generation of the kids to say, I slip lean, but y'all don't. Right? I smoke, but we know Snoop smokes. Right. But if you don't smoke weed, Snoop ain't going to look at you and say you ain't cool. You know what I'm saying? So that's what's missing right now. Do you think the fact that uh, when you were growing up, you were not, I mean, your influence was not rap. I mean, like right. a direct, right? Because it wasn't. Right, because right. the first, the, the first, my, my influence of hip hop was the rappers before they made records. Right. But then it also, you didn't have it playing on the radio. Right, you, you exactly. it wasn't. And now you, you have a generation of kids that they don't it's have awesome. to turn to like an old, an oldie record, like a, you know, a Frank Sinatra or a James Brown record. Because right? they are overexposed and they're to what's rap. current. So how do you think that is playing in terms of new generation of hip-hop right. artists? They're, they're, uh, they're art- like, how is that playing well, into I, I just hate the thing where um, some, somebody told me Kanye said it, 
I was just in London uh, sitting around with um, Jeff Fulton from the Gorillas, his new band, Youth of the Apocalypse. That's a great name. That's a great Youth yeah. Right, right. One of and I, I was like, man, it's hard to find a really good name now because you think they only been taken. When he hit me with that, I was like, how the hell y'all come? But Youth of the Apocalypse, and they have a young rapper dude and stuff like that. And the young rapper dude told me, there was they was actually in their studio sessions and the label heads and then you know the, the executives come around and they tell them no don't do do what people don't want to hear that do what people want to hear. The thing is, we came from a generation when we when we heard everybody doing what everybody was doing, we had a ballsiness and a gutsiness by us. Because let me correct everybody, it happens in every generation. When the message came out and was successful. There was nothing but message records. You remember that time it was message, even flat message one, message two, right. survival. Only this show, we're going to do it again. Every record was life in the ghetto, growing up in the ghetto, living in the city. The world is tough. Remember that record? We're this tough. We don't get enough. The world is tough. Everything was dark and depressing like this and that. Then it took, you know, Run DMC to say, yo, are we going to do a record about sneakers? <laughs> Changing. We're going to do a record called Sucker. You know what I'm saying? And then, Chuck says, when we came along, not dressing like anybody, not sounding like anybody, that gave them permission to take off their mm-hmm. coverings and stuff like that. So what this generation needs now is somebody to look at, okay, that's what Kendrick is doing. That's what Chance is doing. This is what Meekles is doing. But none of them is doing this. And come be a de la soul. Be the native tongues. Because each new thing gives birth to the next new thing. Mm-hmm. But now it's that, man, Migos is doing that and successful. I'm going to do that. So you got a million people doing the same thing Migos is doing, and they can, all can do it because it's easy to do the same thing over and over. And a lot of the beefs is out of the million piece of people doing the same thing over, there's going to be one that does it better than all of us. Right. So they always get mad at the one that does it better than us. Instead of going to do something else to get all attention from the guys doing everything to look over and say, oh, shoot. So the new generation just got to be bold enough to do, like my son, my son's new record. People are saying, oh, this is really good because it's different. It's just, and it's surprising because this coming from people of this generation. You know what I'm saying? He has a record called Love Without Love, which is like D'Angelo meets LL Cool J meets Extension meets um, Chance the Rapper meets Kendrick Lamar with a little bit of De La Soul in there. With a little bit of Mary J. Blood. Like, it's so weird what it is, but it's just him going with what he feels. So this generation now, it's like I said, in the 80s, the reason why a lot of hip-hop sounds dated prior to Run DMC was because we said, no, you don't just have to do the one thing. You don't have to, everybody don't have to rap over rappers delight. Everybody don't have to, you know, the whole thing was, all right, I'm a rapper now. I'm a hip-hop and, you know, we're making hip-hop records. The first thing we did was look at the popular R&B charts and take Heartbeat by Tanya Garner, take Sheik's Good Times, um, or, or, you know, um, Crash Crew and Grandmaster Flash did Freedom. But Crash Crews was doper because it was what they did in the park. Now, Melanums was dope. Um, Freedom, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the Crash Crews was... We don't want to be, and it was the DJ, Daryl C. Really deep. I don't think it was Daryl C. But it was um, DJ. They they actually used Freedom, the records, 
Um, and it started, we don't want to be left behind. All we want to do is just blow your mind just one morning. And you say New York City back by popular man, Reggie Reg in the crash goo. With the legendary walking down the street with your box in your hand and you're playing. And the record was long as hell. That was like what they would do in the park. That was bold to do. So now you got to look at like, like nobody has that mind state of, how do I make this? How do I do better than than them without even going where they at? So you know, um, the rappers delight came out. Then the message came out. Rappers delight was totally different from the message. Then um, no, rappers delight, the breaks, the message, Planet Rock, Sucker MCs, um, um, my radio, I need love. Um, 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 public enemy number one. Um, um, Tribe Called Quest first record. Go back to everybody's first record. De La Soul's first record. It elevated. And it gave birth to greater entities of the representation. Nobody said, I'm going to do make a record like Tribe. You knew you couldn't make a record like Tribe. And you knew you couldn't do Run DMC. So you had to get creative. I want this next generation of artists to go where no man has ever gone with this music stuff. You can still flow. Even like some of the mumble raps would be dope if they would change the music and the sounds completely. Yeah. And make a mumble rap record about something. School. And I guarantee you for attempting to do a mumble rap record about school, the dictation and pronunciation is going to change because they're going to find purpose in themselves. Whoa. But now it's just everybody doing what's easy. Um, I think Chuck said this too. He was like, "Hip hop is easy now." Any, I was just in London, and the cook, German, Jewish German guy, whose mother's Italian, he can go actually to the studio and make a record comparable to hip hop today, and it might be a hit. <laughs> right, right. Five years ago, I was with Johnny Juice in the studio. Doing, he's still doing some amazing things, and we got some amazing things coming. And we joke, we're going to make a mumble. Yo, D, we gonna do a, you're going to do a mumble rap record on a different alias. And we was all hyped. To, but Johnny could make those beats overnight. Right when we was ready to really do it, we said, no, nah, we can't do that because we were scared. Why? Because what if it works? <laughs> How crazy is that? We said, no, nah, I don't because it might really work. And then I got to go explain what I just did. But hip hop is easy now. 1988, check this tour out. Run DMC, Public Enemy, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Big shout out to Will and Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Eric B and Rakim and EPMD. On one, one battle. On one tour, one yeah. bill. See, that don't even happen no more. I want to see Jay-Z, Snoop, Eminem, all on the same bill. Wick, these guys are all over the place taking the damn money and spreading, making it hard for us to experience. Whoever gets their ass kicked, get their ass kicked. On Raising Hell, Houdini kicked our ass some nights. Mm-hmm. On Raising Hell, LL kicked our ass some nights. So it wasn't about that. It was about your total experience. But now it's just like the whole, I don't know what people are afraid of. You know what I'm saying? People are afraid of losing the money they made or not making the money that they made. If you don't have any expectations, you're going to go above and beyond what your, what your perception is. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard to explain, but it's, it's, it's all about doing what Dayla did, doing what, um, doing what um, Rakim came along and looked around at hip hop and said, it's been a long time. Shouldn't have let, changed the game when he started dropping those lyrics. 
Cain came with, um, I remember when I heard, ain't no half-stepping. I'm DMC. Ain't nobody bigger in the world than me and Run and Jay. We off tour for a minute. We go to Hollis, Queens, New York. I come to Ray. I pick Ray up at his house. We in my brand new um, um, Fleetwood, um, um, Fleetwood Brome Cadillac with the $50,000 system. With the, the, I, cut, I cut out the metal behind the seats and put 30-inch woofers in the back seat. I got um, Vogue tires and clean, cleanest caddy in New York City. Loudest system. We go to the car wash. We go pick up some 40s. <laughs> we driving on Springfield, and, and Ray jokingly says to me, I know someone better than you, D. And I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. They're joking. Now, the thought in my mind, any ego stuff, he puts in um, – Kane's um mm, mm, mm. Oh, yeah. Don't lay in. No, I'm yeah. the big daddy. I stop. Get the fuck out my car. What do you mean? Ray, get the fuck out my car. What do you know? Will, get the fuck out. I'm coming back for you later. I kicked him out my car and just rolled around for a whole day <laughs> listening to that on repeat saying, oh, my rapper stepping to me. They want to get some. Remember when that came out? I was like, wow, that don't happen in hip hop no more. What I wanted to say about the tour was Run DMC, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, Public Enemy, EPMD, and Eric B and Rockham. Rockham is on stage. Me, Eric Parrish, Chuck, Run, and Fresh Prince, we all stand on the side of the stage like this. None of us could do that. See, that's powerful. And Chuck, we look at, yo, none of us could do that. And we couldn't. It's like See, a, that don't happen no more. A couple years ago, I saw... Prophets of Rage at the Apollo and uh, in Living Color opened up for them, right. which is an incredible. That's first time crazy. I've seen them perform. incredible performance. Wow! And they did a last song, you know, called the Personality. Cult of Personality. And I was a, I was close. Um, and it was the kind of the cool moment, not just from the performance, but right. you see Tom Morello come down from wherever he was, dressing room or whatever, side of the stage because you realize he's a fan, you know, right. and like. And he respects this performance. Right. And how great of the performance was, and a great song to end with, it was for me that cool moment of being like, That's oh, yeah, crazy. there's like a respect yeah. thing for Oh, it. for sure. That happens all the time. That happens that's all the, the time. That's the tour that you need. Where... But that, see, that's not in the business yeah. no more. You don't want living color coming around, my new guys, because they're going to mess up this easy shit that we're doing right now. There's nothing to challenge us. You know what I'm saying? When LL, the perfect example is when LL made, when I'm alone in my room staring at the wall, all all of us, every MC, every bust, oh my God, that's the hardest shit ever. So we had to go home and work at it. Now there's no work to it. Right. There's no work. You make your, um, 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 getting money in dollars. Yeah. Getting money in dollars. Yeah. You made yours, yours as a hit. I'm gonna come next week. I'm getting dollars and money. Yeah, and they're gonna the industry's gonna push that all in. We used to be challenged. Russell and Rick and Larry used to look at us and say, "Yo, D, everybody can ride. Can you make a record that's gonna make that person pay attention?" Huh? So now I go home and I go, "Damn." I'm gonna do something. Bold. I'm the king of rock. There is none. Whoa, you know what I'm saying? There is, there's not. There's nothing. There's nothing encouraging us to be innovative and creative. Now the whole encouragement: if you could be down with the game and get that money, and there's nothing wrong with that. Get your money. 
Now, my thing is, well, you're getting the money now. Is the one, what's the one thing that you could do that can make a difference? Mm. I'm making a mind playing tricks on me. Scarface, Ghetto Boys had the illest shooting records, but their most powerful record. I got to tell kids this. Tupac is not a god and celebrated because of thug life and all the trouble that he got into. What do you mean? He's from the streets, yeah. He's just, yes, and he's a poet, and he's an actor, and he's a revolutionary. But the two things that make Tupac great is this. Their mom and Brenda had a baby. Yeah. Nobody told him to make those records. So the world looking at Pop goes, young man, did you? Did, he did a record about teenage pregnancy, and he did a record about his mom. If you listen to Dear Mama right now, the sound of it sounds better than everything out now. And you can't tell me it don't. When that music comes on, and the way he's rapping, that is like some Johnny Cash, Crosby, still Young. And see, we don't, hip-hop don't aspire to be that right now. Hip-hop just aspires to be famous and known. And it pisses me off because a couple of months ago, they announced this in the media. That's why I don't like nothing about the media. They made this announcement. Hip-hop is now the number one music in the world that's taking over rock. Um, I beg to differ. In 1984, when I first went to London, it was the biggest thing in the world. Y'all just didn't know about it. <laughs> now they only know about it because why? And here's the other thing. Why did they make that announcement at a time when it's the most ignorant, illiterate, disrespectful thing? It's saying it's something about us. Why didn't you say that when, when Tretch made OPP, which was a record about sex, but he did, young man, Tretch, you wrote this. It's about, he didn't say dick sucked. Dick. He sat down and wrote something, and that record will be more famous than everything that's been out in the last three years. OPP will be, whoa, even when the new kids hear it, oh, it's so catchy and so creative. You know what I'm saying? When I went to Europe, when I, when I went 20, 30 years ago, when Tough and Leather came out 30 years ago, when I went to Europe, Japan, Asia, Ukraine 30 years ago, hip-hop was the biggest thing on the face of the earth. When I sat down with Michael Jackson two times in private meetings, me, Run, Jay, and DJ Hurricane was there, and Bubbles the Monkey was there, and Mike wanted to make records with us. And Mike said, there's nothing bigger in the world. Mike said, everywhere I go, every living room I go to, y'all in that living room. He said, y'all should have took home all the Grammys before we had a rap Grammy category. Right. Think about that. We was nominated before we so there was a Mike said there was, there was nothing on earth more powerful than hip-hop and Raising Hell. With my Adidas and Walk This Way, Kellen, but then Mike's Adidas. Mike said, I like to walk this way, record, but I don't want to make that. He said, I want to imagine this would have happened. I want to make a record. I'm talking like him because this is what he said. I want to make a record like Peter Piper. We did a double take. What? And he started doing the beatbox. Did the beatbox better than Dougie Fresh. <laughs> Sorry, Dougie. And then he was just saying, I want to make something like that. Imagine Michael Jackson and Run DMC over Peter Piper. And eventually he did make a hip-hop record. He did the record with Heavy D. But the joke is, everybody go, why didn't we met with Michael twice? I played with Bubbles the Monkey. Everything. Mike put on Jay's chain. It was crazy. The only reason why we didn't make a record with Michael Jackson because we was too busy to make a record with him. <laughs> but that was it. We was always, right, yo, right. Mike, we're going to this and that. And then when we came back, he was, I'm in Europe and stuff like that. <laughs> but it was just those things. We don't aspire to be that. You know, even when we did King of Rock, 
Uh, I remember Run had to bring this to my attention. He said, do you know Run DMC never got the cover of Ebony and Jack? Because of the way we looked. They didn't even take time to listen to our beautiful, positive records. It's no way they put in that hip-hop element on their covers. Now they'll throw these dudes all up on the cover just because they're popular. Who right, right. T- you know what I'm saying? So those are the things that, you know, make me angry. You know what I'm saying? Don't make that an announcement. Keep that shit to yourself. You know what I'm saying? When Kanye said a couple of years ago, he was right. Hip-hop is the new rock and roll. But we already proved that when we did Rock Rocks. Right. So all this stuff going on, that's to know. We don't want what's known to us. Like, no, somebody just said yesterday, I think it was Roxanne Shantae, we ain't impressed by all the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And she said this too. She said, no, what the guys are doing nowadays, that's part of hip-hop. It's just a different genre of our hip-hop. But overall, that shit don't impress us. We're just fed up because there's nothing impressive anymore. This shit ain't impressive to have a hit record. You know what I'm saying? How is that done? Marketing and this and that and to all the payola shit that still exists under the table. And my payola was you bring cocaine and prostitutes to get your paid record. Now it's even, um, you know, we're going to run a contest and all and then, ah. Uh. No, can you make a record that's going to not, can you make a song? This, was, this is what hip hop does. Real hip hop is you make a song that don't need no promotion and marketing. Nobody does that anymore. Nah. No, no, they don't. I was trying to think if they were. They were, no, no, no. Think of it. You tell me one song. That... So, that being said, that's our challenge. That's the challenge to hip hop. <laughs> and it's funny when I say this. People say, that's right, D. I can never critique another person's creativity. Because you put me on a mumble rapper beat, I'm a rhyme the way that I'm a rhyme, and it's you doing what you do, and you know what I'm saying? There's no difference if DMC's rhyming. I used to love the collaborative records, like, um, you know, collaborations used to be unique and special, like um, Gangstar with Nice and Smooth, oh, or um, the one that brung Buster to the world, um, Scenario. You know, collaborations used to mean something. Now it's just the record don't work if there's not a collaboration. The only guy, J. Cole, so he got it, puts records out without collaborating. That's some real impressive stuff right there, what J. Cole is doing. You know what I'm saying? But um, it's got to, people always say, yo, D, what do you think about hip-hop now? Hip-hop is disco. Hmm. But the only thing about it, people are, uh, the masses are afraid to admit that it sucks because they think it's going to affect their coolness. I remember I went to sleep one time and I woke up and the next morning all over the world, disco sucks. They didn't get tired of the music and the artists. They got tired of the lifestyle and the lack of responsibility. Because they got, man, this shit is monotonous. Rolls Royces and Bentleys. It's this, yo, glitter, bling, champagne. Everybody's getting high and having sex, and it's all about the money. The world woke up and just got tired of disco. Everybody complains about mumble rap, but they don't do nothing about it. So, cuz doing something about something that is um, ignorant, disrespectful, um, negativity is a false sense of power. So now, hip hop used to call that shit out. Like, even the worldly issues. Think about everything that happened since the first Gulf War. There was a time as soon as something happened, I don't even think Trump would have got that far if we did. There's usually 50 records from different entities. PE is going to address it straightforward right. the way they do it. KRS is going to address it from an educational 
um, um, cultural standpoint. Run DMC's gonna slip it in one. Run gonna have a rhyme about it. DMC's gonna have a one word about it. Q to every now. Nobody talks about the things that affect all of us. You know, it's it's that thing where you know you watch the road shows. And I want to thank God. It's all good. I'm gonna start standing up in the middle of the. Excuse me. It's all good for you and your crew and your label. What about everybody in your neighborhood? <laughs> so it always goes back to our responsibility. Hip-hop, we was a collective that protected. Now we don't protect it. And when the ones that do want to protect it, I don't want to take nothing from nobody. But when we speak up and speak the truth, the thing with us is we're haters. No, you only get called a hater when you tell the truth. Think about that. Think about anybody who's got an you know me. I'm not talking about jealousy. I'm talking about people that get called haters because they're saying something true and nobody want to acknowledge it. That's true. Because yeah. they want to validate themselves. See, nobody want to tell you that truth there. No. There's a, I'm not jealous of any of these rappers. You know what I'm saying? Okay, you got more money than me, but you will never do what I did. And I'm still doing it. So there's, there's no jealousy in that. You know what I'm saying? You made your $10 million in a year. I'm mean, It's going to take me a little longer, but I'm going to get there eventually. <laughs> But the hate is when we call out the truth. You know what I'm saying? The, the truth was when, when the savage skulls and the black skulls, which later became the Zulu nation, said, yo, we got to stop killing each other. We got to stop selling drugs in our community. Oh, everybody in the hood, yeah, what are we going to do? Hip-hop came along and said, what can you do? I like music. Go play your music. I like poetry. Put your poetry with your music. I like art. Okay, don't just write on the trains anymore. Write on a canvas and stuff. So right now we're stuck in a stagnant state of existence. And the only reason why people are annoyed, like we talked about a certain artist earlier with the monotony yeah. and it all sounds the same, is monotony becomes uncomfortable because it becomes annoying when it gets repetitive. And right now, as popular as hip-hop is, nobody want to admit the fact how boring this shit is. Right. Motherfuckers are just successful in hip-hop. Ain't nobody doing it. Did you hear what De La Soul did? And even when they do that, two years ago, De La Soul dropped a phenomenal album. They should have... Why didn't the grab... We need a new categories, too. We need to... So that we can be happy and not have to make her think we hating, we need the, 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 the classic rap section. Because now when you look at MTV Music Awards, Video Music Awards, when you look at the Grammys American Music Awards, there's nothing that's going to celebrate what De La Soul just did two years ago that nobody that's popular right now can even come close to. See, we need to change it once you put that plan And once you do that platform, that'll expose that little kid that loves Migos to, huh, what's it? De La Soul, they've been around for 30 years. Let me go see what they did. Oh, man, I once had a record like that. Like, truth be told, when Biggie came out with More Money, More Problems, I had this song called Chill With A Mill and You Still Got Beef, which I remember I had a million dollars in the bank and everybody was coming at Run DMC because we was number one. So I wrote a record to shut them all up. But because, you know, Jay and Run wanted to be current, it was like, nah, dude, we don't want to do that. We need to do this. And then a couple of years ago, you know how I felt when he came out with more money, more problems? I'm like, I got a million dollars in the bank. Run DMC is the kings of rock. We got the fucking Adidas deal. We done did walk this way. And motherfuckers is still causing trouble. That was my mentality right. behind it. But it sparked something that was beautiful because then when Biggie made his album and he did the record, um, 
from my rhyme on um from my rhyme on um and this is what I'm trying to connect the dots for a DMC somebody has said yo Chuck D needs to tour with um Kendrick Lamar would be dope but um when Biggie did his record uh, my record on um, when I go um uh, when I say um um my rock is hard um I, they try to pull my card I'm a shining star shining there far shining like the sun on the day for no no. Um, I'm the cool and calm, and that's not all. MCs have the goal. That's not all. I'm complaining that they're complaining about my success, and I'm going, that's not all. MCs have the goal to pray and plan for my downfall. Biggie, remember DMC saying that when he was just a spectator. He calls me in, and he made a record on his album called My Downfall and used That's Not All MCs Have the Goal. They pray and pray for Because now he's experiencing what I experienced. Right. See, that's not happening anymore. They don't want to go examine what um, you know, they don't want to go examine what Mo did. They don't even want to examine what D did. They don't want to examine what um, Tribe did. Tribe, too, too, a year ago? What, the, the last album they put out? Yeah, with that, yeah. Phenomenal! Great album. Don't yeah. give no recognition. So there's no generational re- support for our culture, which is diluting, polluting, and destroying everything. So you've obviously had an amazing career that keeps going, and you've obviously written tons of songs. I always wondered, right. is there a, just to end with, is uh-huh. there a verse that's one of your favorites or that you are working on now that you could kind of spit for us, but then also kind of explain the meaning behind certain lyrics wow. in the verse. Well, the, the one verse, the one verse that is, is crazy, and I always say it and explain it to when I speak at high schools and middle schools, is um, I'm the king of rock. There is none higher. And I always tell what does none higher mean, students? There's none higher than you. Yes, but I won't stop rocking till I retire. I'm not on the radio. I'm not on MTV, but I'm going to be rhyming forever. And he look at me like, wow. Like, but y'all have the power to do that. Don't let nobody determine where you're going and what you're going to do, how you're going to get there. Um, might be a little long to do the three-minute rhyme, but um, I got a three-minute rhyme because I was so inspired by... Um, me and Ed Lover, shout out to Ed Lover by Chuck D's um, Time Bomb. Mm. Well, he, you go ooh and ah when I jump in my car. People treat me like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No matter who you are, when I'm up to par, I bet you go hip-hop, hooray or rah. But the ahs and oohs is my kind of news. Pop your tape in, put the car in cruise. I never heard the booze. I never drunk booze, and he, he never drunk before, but... He rhymed all the way to the end without a chorus. So I'm working one of the, on those now. And just for anybody out there, my rap goes, let me see if I can remember it. Um, I'm the best in the world, and you know I am. Respect all the girls, and I fear no man. A microphone fiend like Rock him a law, better than everything that you got in the bar. You want to be like D? You wish you could. You want to battle me? Boy, I wish you would. Disrespectfully, I will dish you good, because the way I am C is just too hood. Rock and roll rama that is just so hard. Son of Byford, a.k.a. son of God. Sure shot sound like the Sirwin Vega. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I might start killing. I said I might. Coming up overnight like a red-eye flight. I don't need a plane to touch the sky. 
I hide my wings cause I really can fly. I'm an archangel sent from above to stomp out evil and spread a whole lot of love. The rhyme is legal but hard like a thug. If I come see you, there's gonna be blood. Money in the bank, not in the casino. Why the fuck you think that I'm winning got primo? I'm putting this rhyme on primo's beat. <laughs> Um, Asian, African, Caucasian, Latino Hip-hop is the culture Only thing that we know But now it's sounding like it is in a rut Prima's gonna help you out with his wreckage hut, With his record hut When we was coming up, we learned real well Getting message from the greats like JDL K.K. Rockwell, Melly Mel Which led the DMC raising a whole lot of hell 30 plus years I am living proof of blood, sweat, and tears when I'm in this booth. King DMC ain't afraid to shoot. Um, song of the year when Premier produced. Rappers nowadays ain't repping street. They pop music pussy, soft, sissy, and sweet. Fake-ass records, fake-ass shows, fake-ass rappers with fake-ass flows. Weirdos wearing clothes, acting just like hoes, while we be styling in our b-boy pose. And let's not forget about the stupid girls, showing their bodies to all of the world, displaying their goods for all to see. Victoria's Secret used to be. Yeah, I want to see your pantyhose, but behind closed doors where nobody knows. Not some stupid-ass selfie pose. Don't need to see you twerking in them videos. Keep your clothes on, show love for yourself, girl. Keep your clothes on, show love for yourself, girl. Keep your clothes on, show love for yourself, girl. Keep your clothes on, show love for yourself. We got enough disrespect. We don't need no help. We need to take the N-word out of our mouths, pull out a torch and burn that shit, annihilate, eradicate, get rid of it. Too many people use the N-word, that kind of word should never be heard. Step to DMC and you're getting injured, a good ass kicking is the cost incurred, pay up. Damn, wow. And that's going to go over a primo beat. You have the beat already? He does. He does. Yes, he does. <laughs> uh... Dow DMC McDaniels, uh, it's always an honor to talk to you. Uh, always, thank you thank so much you. for being in the library with Tim Einicke again. Um, I'll be back. Yes, of course. Thank I'll you. Very much. Thank you. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.